Welcome back to Trot's Life and Mick Gurren is there and ready to go. Mick, mate, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Uh, today, Toby, I'm in Auckland. I'm covering a bit of both codes. I'm just writing a story about a South African jockey. Then next up, I'm doing a preview for Cambridge Harness tomorrow night. But I'll be honest with you, Toby, deep down inside, my mind's already yeah. Sydney. Well, I'm heading there next week for the um, for the... A Miracle Mile Night and all the really cool stuff there. I can't make the preludes this Saturday, but I'll be watching them. It's going to be a really, really cool night up an angle. One of the best harness racing nights of the year, I believe, because you got the Derby heats. It may not be the strongest Derby, but it's still yeah, a Derby. You've got the Ladyship Mile, you've got the Oaks, and you've got the two Miracle Mile preludes, and there's a lot of intrigue about them. So it's one of the nights where you... There's not many a fate complete races. There's not many races where, you know, you've got a Captain Ravishing or a Major Secret or one of those type of horses who's just going to jump to the lead and bolt in by a big margin. They're actually really interesting punters' races, and I'm not sure how much confidence I've got about them, but it's going to be bloody fun finding out. Even the first race, uh, when you look at it, it's a really good race. Still will be Kung Fu. You've got Reactor now, Sicario, Rip. There's there's some real intrigue, some moment somewhere. Let's rock, let's roll. Some real intrigue. Even around the first race, I'd nearly like to see him run 148 in that and put the cat among the pigeons, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it's a funny thing with the Miracle Mile this week. It, it's Everybody's expecting after Catch a Wave was so good last week that the second horse, Captain Ravishing, because he has all the hype and obviously he's still favourite for the Miracle Mile, will still get invited. And, and I hope he does. I think the Miracle Mile and the hype and the narrative and, yeah. and all the other things around the Miracle Mile will be better if Captain Ravishing is there. And there's absolutely no reason he can't win a Miracle Mile. But the reality of the situation is there's two horses in the Miracle Mile, Mark Dan and Catchwife, and there's four horses guaranteed spots, the first two home in each prelude. So there's actually six spots gone. Now, everybody's thinking Captain Ravishing will be one of the other spots, and I think he will. But, and it's a pretty serious but, if I cast no shadow runs third in the heat, can you not put the Inter-Dominion champion if it's run third? If Honolulu Bay runs <laughs> third in the second heat. They're in the same you... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, they're in different ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so say they run third. Now, this, this probably won't happen. You're talking about things that are 50 to 1 to happen. Yeah, yeah, but it's but, a good, yeah. But, but, well, say they both run third. Do you lock down to the stables and say to the connections of Honolulu Bay, who actually trained <laughs> um, Captain Ravishing, or actually were putting Captain Ravishing in instead of Honolulu Bay? Yeah, you probably do, if you want to create the pump up for the race, but is that really fair? If Honolulu Bay's run second uh, in the Lensmith Mile, and has won a Hunter Cup and ran second in a Victoria Cup and changed it round to I cast no shadow, who is infinitely less sexy than Captain Ravishing. Yep. Nobody wants to see I cast no shadow in the Miracle Mile more than Captain Ravishing, apart from the connections of I cast no shadow. But do you say to someone who's won the Lensmith Mile <laughs> in the Inter Dominion and finished second in the, in the Hunter Cup? that no, you can't have a spot with giving it to a horse who's never won a local class race. So while in your mind, you're just dialing in that Captain Ravishing's there, and knowing the Menangle boys, as I do, I'm pretty sure they'll invite him. But not sure it actually should be that cut and dry because there's some very good horses 
including a lot of Group 1 winners, racing in these preludes. And if they happen to go a really big race and finish third, particularly if they go quicker than the 149.1 last week, and they're off the marker pegs, then you've got to say to yourself, is it just the hype justification that puts the other horse in the race? Again, if it was my choice, uh, I would probably want Captain Ravishing there. But I just don't think that we can ride as on a fate complete because it is a fate complete. What's the point of having the predators in the first place? And, and that goes back to my first point. What if Rip goes 148 in race one and wins and they say, well, we beat Captain Ravishing home in the Victorian Derby final and we've gone quicker than him tonight than he did last week? Well, I think... And I think with the Mears and any of the other horses, yeah. the Republican parties and who else, I don't, I just don't think they have enough gravitas. I don't have, they're not, they're not good enough to be there over Captain Ravishing and probably no horses. But but let's just play the game. Yeah, they're not good enough to be there. But it's really hard to make the argument Correct. that Honolulu Bay isn't, or I cast no shadow. Now yeah. this will probably yeah. be an incredibly moot point that at the moment. It's like everybody's anointing because he's still favourite with the tab, Captain Ravishing. And there's no doubt he, he can still win. I reckon they'll probably get him home. He might have a knee or a sauna somewhere or chiropractic issue. I don't really know. He lost no stead in my mind last week because I wasn't thinking he was a certainty. Mm. But I know he lost mind to other people because obviously a lot of people backed him into a dollar fifteen. I still think he's going to end up being a very, very good horse if he holds together. So my opinion of Captain Ravishing hasn't changed at all. In the last two weeks, yeah, no, you're being pretty. But the strong, reality right? is, but the reality is, <laughs> can you really put him in a miracle mile over a horse he's maybe better than? And I cast no shadow. After I cast no shadow is realistically, if you've voted on the last eight months of Australian harness racing, horse of the year. Because that's what he'd be. He'd be horse of the year. You can't give horse of the year to catch a wave. You can't give horse of the year to leap to fame. Not when a horse won the Len Smith, the Inter-Dominion, and ran second in the Hunter Cup. People may not like hearing that, and he might be 50 to 1 in your mental mind in your market. But if you voted from August the 1st last year, horse of the year would have to be him. Probably his biggest danger would be Greg Sugars' trotter. I was going to say, I'd, I'd have Just Believe ahead of him over the last six months because he's taken everything before him. But definitely, I can yeah see where you're going with uh, as far as pacing horse of the year over the last six months, which when we did that, when we played that game, remember in the middle of last year, who'll be the best horse over the next 12 months? No one said, I cast no shadow. Let me tell you, Mick. He wouldn't have been in the top 100. <laughs> no, and he, he wasn't. I think it was a really funny horse. It's a, it's a really funny circumstance. I had a, you wouldn't believe it. I went to the yearling sales in New Zealand on Sunday. I was hosting them. And if all anybody wanted to talk about it. No one wanted to talk about catch a wave. In fact, I don't think anybody mentioned the actual words catch a wave to me. Hmm. I would have had 40 people. 40 people stopped and talked to me at Captain Ravishing. It was amazing. I've, I've never seen such emotion about a result, a, a defeat. And it was really unusual. It was quite marked. I had Victorians. I had one of the richest men in Australian harness racing to me say, I was really happy to see that last night because the hype got too big. And that's why I feel sorry for the horse because he, he's not hyping himself up. He's not on social media saying, look at me, I'm a champion. And I realise emotions come into this sort of stuff. But it was really unusual when I was there because the best trainer I've ever dealt with, 
has a horse called a Kuta. Now, a Kuta won the New Zealand Derby by 20 metres. So that would probably cancel out or be comparable, I suppose, comparable to winning the Breeders' Crown by 20 metres. And yet when you talk to people who who have been in Australia, they say catch a wave is this and and Captain Ravaging is that and and leap to fame. And they're all wonderful horses, but there's absolutely no evidence yet they're better than the Cooter. There's zero evidence. Because Leap to Fame is one, I think, two or three derbies. Akuta's only raced in... raced in two and he's won them both. Uh, Akuta's actually won an open-class pacing race. Open-class and sat outside Ulta Wiseboy to do it. Oh, an open-class race as a three-year-old. None of these horses have won an open-class race. And he ran fourth of the New Zealand Cup. Now, that was in November, Toby. That was over three months. Can anybody listening to this show who fancies a bit of harness racing tell me that Captain Ravishing, Catch a Wave, or Leap to Fame would have won in the top four in the New Zealand Cup? And just for a reminder, the horses who won that race ran second. You're talking Copy That One, Majestic Cruiser ran second, and bizarrely self-assured finished behind the two. Well, so can well, anybody tell me that any of those horses would have actually run fourth in the New Zealand Cup? And he's not even remotely in conversation as being the best three-year-old nostril age. His record, his record absolutely suggests he is. I would say Leap to Fame could have run in the top four in the New Zealand Cup if he had a target at it. Obviously, you know, this yeah, dance starts. I'm not going to argue with you. Yep. I totally agree that's a possibility. But not the other two yet. I think Catch a Wave, a better chance. Captain Ravishing, almost no chance in the New Zealand Cup. He just will not be that sort of horse. And agreed, it's not his cup of tea. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is it's, it's, incredible, it's, it's incredible when you think about the hype around those three horses. They're not wonderful horses. They are wonderful horses, but there's absolutely no evidence they're better horses than Akuta. Now, I don't give a fight. I couldn't care less where Akuta comes from. The bloke who owns Akuta hates me. I couldn't care less. This isn't an Akuta parochial Kiwi thing. But it's just funny how conversations get framed because the hype around Captain Ravishing was so big that last week's class is a failure when he actually went the fastest time of his life. Yeah, yeah. So, as, as someone said to me the other day, I was talking to this, well, how did the hype get so big? I said, well, Captain Ravishing being in the Bonanza, well, he was beautiful. He was majestic and fun to watch. But had he been in the same race, the Bonanza, a couple of years ago, he wouldn't run top two. Because Lockhart went one forty-eight and change, and self-assured was sitting parked outside him. Now they went two seconds faster than Captain Ravishing, and there's absolutely no evidence he could have gone two seconds faster than he did the night he won. So the margins give you this thing in your mind when you start anointing horses as being. Mm. And again, this is not potting him. This is the interesting things we have to play with in these conversations we get because. Now, I cast no shadow has connections and a record and things we need to talk about. So does Honolulu Bay, and bizarrely, so does Akuta. Um, and now, all of a sudden, Catch Wave's become a superstar, and, and he is. He's a wonderful horse. I'll be stunned if Catch Wave doesn't win a really, really big race at some stage. But the week before, he went fourth on a prelude. So it's really hard to stand him as a champion yet. So it's been a really interesting time in harness racing where I feel like it's a conversation about LeBron and Michael Jordan. There can only be one goat. And if we start anointing a new goat every week, we're going to need an awfully big goat pick. I think that the fourth, the week before, and 
Catch a waiver in fifth in the Vic Bread semi-final uh, as well. I think there might be a bit of training going on in there. I think Andy Gath is training him for the finals each time and he's had some sticky draws and it's been a matter of getting him through to the final and I'll tune him right up for the next week. So we might be losing a bit on catch a wave on the fact that Andy's, you know, just priming him for the finals each time. And and again, not arguing with you because mm. a lot of the great trainers do that. A lot of the mm. great gallopers of all time Correct. have had yeah. lead up type runs into races. So I, I think they've handled the horse beautifully. Um, but again, you go back to the points as, as you know, who, who is the best? And that's a great thing. We all get to find out together with the Eureka. Hopefully all three horses make it there. I feel sorry for the other seven if they do because then they've got no chance. Yeah. If those, those three good horses make it there together. But, you know, as I said, if you go back through their records, if you take emotion out of play, take parochialism out of play because parochialism is for poor people. No one who bets parochially makes any money. But there's absolutely no evidence these horses are better than Makuta because he's won an open-class pacing race, and he did it before he actually turned four. And I'm not talking turned four with the new silly calendar year. I'm talking about physically turned four. Now, those horses haven't done that. So it's really interesting to see how the conversation... Now, when you're at the sales in New Zealand, where the New Zealanders are, they all think Kakuta's better. When I was talking to a Queenslander and a very, very, very rich Queenslander, they were saying to the fame's a better horse. And, of course, the Victorians like to think one way or the other, they're the better horse. And it's really interesting to see how those things divide up. But I didn't hear a lot of logic in the conversations. It was The conversation was, my horse, as in my son's horse, is better than your horse. And that's one of the great things about racing. It can be a real strength. It can just be a little bit dangerous when one of those horses gets down to a dollar fifteen and gets beat because people go... What the hell is there? And 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 I know it sounds easy to say that after the race, Toby, but as you would well know, you said it last week and the week note, before. We've been saying it for the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, you have. All right, Mick. Thank you very much, mate. I look forward to catching up again next week as more mystery, and more intrigue develops towards the Miracle Mile. And the Miracle Mile, Toby, always creates something to talk about. That'll be the case next Tuesday, mate. Good on you, Mick. Catch you then. There is Mick Gurren from the other side of the ditch.